I'm telling you that good citizens are going to turn into real concern and revolutionary citizens real soon. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest folks ever perpetuated on the American people, and you're part of it. Now we're supposed to have unity. Let me tell you something. I'm part of the new resistance. Thank you for tuning in. This is the New Resistance Podcast. Let me know what you think about what I'm throwing down at the underscore NRP at yahoo.com, the NR Podcast on Facebook, and go ahead and hit like while you're there. Also, head on over to nrpodcast.substack.com. This show is released using Anchor. It is the spot to make podcasts. It has everything you need in one place on your computer or your phone. Your episodes can be distributed to Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and a bunch more all at once. And it is free. So download Anchor in your app store or at anchor.fm. Okay, today we are going to analyze what the heck happened in Tuesday's local election. Conservatives, we kind of got our butts handed to us in the city and the school board races. One of our school board candidates, just about one, but he just about isn't good enough. Then we're going to hear from a couple of parents on how SPS looks and runs from their point of view. We've got a lot of work to do in this city on all fronts. I think that hearing from these two will encourage parents to get louder and to get bolder. Stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Let's do this. All right. All right. We're going to get to Tuesday's election in just a second. I want to mention something else first. Kings and queens, when they are out in public, think England or really any country, any time period that has been ruled by a monarchy. Those kings and queens put on their jewels and their fancy outfits and their their fruity looking crowns. That way, everybody knew who held the power. Everybody knew. Do you all remember 
all those times those elected elites were caught and outed for violating the very lockdowns and mandates that they forced on us. Gavin Newsom, first one that comes to mind, even Mayor McClure was. Just about all the leaders of the Democrat-run cities were. As if they were unaware that everyone has a cell phone and a camera on them today. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you all have thought about this or not, but they knew they were going to get caught. They did it anyways. They were trying to show that they were in charge to shove it in our faces and to make sure we knew our place in society. Like, yeah, I'm not in public, but you'd better stay in your homes or go to jail, you peasants. Or, so I was caught out in public around a group of people without a mask on. Do you remember what conservatives and Republicans' response was? Well, well... This is an outrage. You can't do that. Or some congressperson on the right and go on Fox or Newsmax and tell us all what an outrage it was. Giving the leftists and the communists an earful about being hypocrites is a waste of time. They are well aware They just don't give a crap. They view you as a lower life form. You are viewed as someone to dominate and crush. Alvin Bragg knows he's a hypocrite. He knows it's not fair. Going online and hollering about it is useless. As I said... These communists see you as a lower form of life that shouldn't be granted the same rights and privileges as they are. We're changing people's lives. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I wow, this rant hasn't turned out to be as uh, <laughs> as quick as I wanted. To finish up here, the right has always struggled with how the left handles things. Because we tend to assign our values and our morals and our sense of right and wrong to them. But the left no longer shares our values at all. They just don't. Everything to the communists, even death, is an opportunity to take and exercise raw power and hurt their enemies. It's that simple. Until the right accepts that and starts to turn that around on them, legally of course, always legally, none of this will stop. With this Trump persecution stuff, red state 
attorney generals and DAs need to start indicting and arresting Democrats like they've been doing to us. Again, legally. The persecutions will continue and, and they will get worse. All right. That's enough ranting and carrying on. A post-election analysis and two parents' opinions on SPS coming up. Hold on. Ridiculous. I'll tell you what's ridiculous. The Kaiser. Somebody should put him on a roll. Over. We're coming over. And we won't come back till it's over over there. Commercial. Play me some filler, Johnny. are back here on the NRP the underscore NRP at yahoo.com the NR podcast on Facebook if you're listening on Apple podcast leave us a star rating five stars would be much appreciated and then a review and hit subscribe so you can be notified automatically when new episodes are posted Now, so Springfield had an election last week on Tuesday. I'm going to talk about the school board. There were two seats up for grabs. There were four candidates. Two progressives, Judy Bruner and Sherita Thomas-Tate. And two conservatives, Landon McCarter and Chad Rollins. The two progressives won. Judy Bruner was always going to be hard to beat, given her decades in teaching and writing uh, materials and books. Now, Landon lost out by 274 votes. It was really close. And that was 24.27%. Sharita Thomas-Tate won by getting 24.79% of the vote. It was really close. Landon was successfully tarnished just enough close to the election by the communists to keep him from getting that W. They hammered on him more, but Chad wasn't spared either. 
It wasn't all the communist's fault, though. Now, just personally, I believe back in the getting signatures phase to get on the ballot, there were some decisions made as far as who was going to be supported and who was not. Um, promises were made in order to talk some candidates into running. Candidates who probably would have fared a little better. But those promises weren't kept. And so those candidates backed out. Look, there's a lot of work to do. It's time for younger blood to step up. And take the steps necessary to start taking ground in Springfield. I've preached it before many times. The country changes by starting at the local level. I think and I hope you'll see that younger blood has stepped up in the coming year. Our two guests up next. Hang on. Now, if you've been listening to this show since the beginning, then you will no doubt recognize my first guest. He and his wife have three kids in the Springfield school system, and he has a unique perspective that we're going to get into today. Michael Hasty, welcome back, brother. Thanks for having me. Now, <coughs> leading up to the start of this school year, you guys had homeschooled your kids for two years, right? The fall of 2020, 2021, 2021 into 2022, yeah. Okay. And they had gone to public school before that, right? My boys had. My, my, yeah. youngest, my oldest daughter who just started her first year this year in public school, first grade, had not. Okay. Um, so what was behind the decision to pull them out and, and homeschool them it, plain and simple it was the covid nonsense everything that we said would happen or was uncalled for or unnecessary that me and my wife felt we we're protecting our kids from has come to be true and that was the that was the start of it we didn't want to force them to live in fear and ignore the masks and all that other nonsense that coupled with uh, remote learning which did not do well in my house at all i don't think it did well in, in any house no I don't, I don't think so talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons of homeschooling for any parents who may hear this interview and uh, be considering that option for their kids it's a big thing to take on. My wife did most of it because I worked full-time job. I helped out in my off time. Uh, three kids, three different grades. That's that's a big undertaking. Yeah, yeah. 
and you have to be ready and you have to kind of you have a base standard in most states of how many hours of, of core classes, which is the reading, writing, the math, all that. Mm-hmm. And then the electives or the other stuff where it might be PE or arts and different things like that, that you have to record in case the state does ask you. We never got asked about it, but the state can ask you to present records that you are actually homeschooling your kid. To prove they're being educated. It's a big undertaking, but you know, you get the flexibility. Your kids are at home, you know they're safe, right. you know what they're doing, you know what they're learning, but at the same time you also lose they do need, in my opinion, that, that social aspect that they can't get at home. Yeah. So you kinda gotta, you know, weigh weigh your sides and see which one is, is the best option. Knowing what they're learning is a is a big thing. Absolutely. Right now. Yeah. Um Walk us through how you and your family came to the conclusion that it was time to go back to public school. I, I can only imagine what that was like for you and your wife that first day. We, we, we me and the wife talked about it, and we wanted the kids to go back. We asked them if they wanted to go back yeah, first. Yeah. They did away with all the COVID idiocracy, and that, that was part of the unraveling of us having to because they weren't making kids wear masks. They weren't not in this state anyway, trying to mandate the poisonous vaccine. Yeah. And and those are things that made me feel good. You know, we, we've talked to our kids enough, and our kids know that mom and dad are the authority. Yeah. At the end of it, they, like I said, they wanted to go back. My wife was ready. I mean, two years of homeschooling, three it's kids. It's a lot. <laughs> Young kids especially. Yeah. And we went back to the same school where we knew a lot of the teachers and the staff. Well, that, that's good. I had to... Which was, it, it's a... Uh, common ground for them so So, this school year as far as interacting with the the school administrators the teachers etc have there been any major problems or situations where you've had to make one of those yeah we need to talk phone calls or or visits to the school not yet (laughs) the kid uh I'm pretty sure most of the staff, I'm, I'm a pretty well-known voice and figure in this community by this point, and they know <laughs> that I don't mess around. They know I'm very well-informed. Yeah. And Makes a we, we did get a new school counselor. Oh, the principal was actually a teacher's helper for my oldest son's kindergarten class. We specifically researched the teachers. One teacher because she put some hateful, horrible comments about anybody that wouldn't wear a mask and a vaccine and stuff. And I didn't want that. my kids around that, so we requested against that. My daughter was lucky enough to have the same uh, first grade teacher that both my boys had. She's a great lady. That's good. She's she's an older lady. She's in her, you know, mid-50s. So she's in that older generation, that older cloth. uh, But I think they're all on notice. (laughs) <laughs> that they know not to really push the buttons and not really to mess around. It pays to, for parents to be informed. You have to be. Yeah. It's sad. It's it's you just kind of got to keep an eye out for some stuff these days, and yeah. And they know we're watching, so no problems yet, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Got knock on wood, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of all the issues we've seen with. K through 12 schools nationally, you know, in the media and stuff over the past three years. 
Are you seeing any of those same issues within SPS? Sexualizing the CRT, social-emotional learning, that kind of stuff? The social-emotional learning restorative justice nonsense that they have implemented at our kids' school. Now, as someone who's done the research, restorative justice has some good concepts and ideas. Like, talking to a kid about what they did wrong, mm -hmm. explaining to them, that's great, I do that at home. But there's no follow-up. That's what I see at our school. There's no balance in the negative discipline. Began. That, that's the wokest thing that I've seen. They're trying to be friends and not educators. There's no The, the professionalism is slowly eroding in schools. Yeah. And that's this is what we get. Activists. That's right. Well, thank you for... Uh... Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. We gotta rise up. Oh, man, I rise up. Check this shit and stop another casual day. You want it all for free. Then you'll get nothing. That's the way it's gonna be. next guest is new to the show. She, along with her husband, are parents to four kids in SPS. And she too has a unique perspective on how to navigate through this crazy school system. Her name is Stephanie Sproul. Stephanie, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you. So the reason I why I wanted to have you on is because of your willingness to do whatever needs to be done to stand up for your kids and ensure they're being treated right and get the best, you know, education possible, you know, um, which is something most parents do to some extent. However, you seem to have a boldness that not many have, and I think other parents could learn a lot from what, hearing what you have to say. Now, in 2021, you kind of got your feet wet in the activism a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> when you got involved in organizing a student walkout, um, what did you the other parents, the students take from that experience? What did you learn from it? Um, well, I... Good or bad? <laughs> I think, um, as far as the bad goes, I learned that standing up for what you believe in automatically makes you racist. Mm 
And that day I I learned what it meant to (laughs) put yourself out there. And I experienced quite a bit, but I think it helped make my skin a lot more thick and realize it doesn't matter what they say. It's not true. They've never held a conversation with me. They would never be willing to do so. So what does it matter? But as far as good goes, I think it really helped show that, you know, if you don't stand up for what you believe in and if you don't make an effort and if you don't um, at least attempt to make something better, then you're not, you have no right to complain. That's right. That's right. So let's talk this school year. Um, As far as interacting with your kids' teachers and principals and other staff at the school's have there been any uh, big problem situations arise where you've had to make one of those, oh, hell no, this didn't happen, <laughs> or, you know, phone calls or trips up to the school? Um, well, I uh, last semester I said, hell no, we're done with health because yeah. they continually push the buttons and have no idea what age-appropriate uh, yeah. education is. Um, I am a about to head up to the school right now to have a <laughs> hopefully very positive outcome or just at least conversation with the school because uh, sober one. yes the teacher who yeah. likes to tell the students to shut up and bring her activism to the classroom and yeah so we shall see yeah yeah of all the issues we've learned are being forced on on kids and uh, have become huge problems for our side, for the right, anyways, um, like the 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 CRT and the sexualization and the grooming of kids, and are you uh, seeing in any of those issues in SPS? I know that CRT was there's a kind of dust up about it, you know, a year or two ago, but CRT is now transforming into social emotional learning. Uh-huh. Um, so it's really not, it, they've, they've realized they've had to disguise it and they mm-hmm. are trying to put it and it's under the DEI and uh-huh. put it under all these different little new acronyms and names so that you have to really hunt for it and you have to really, and all, all of their assignments as far, for the most part goes, it's on a computer and you have to know how to hunt through all mm-hmm. of this stuff to find it. So, um, thankfully my kids communicate with me really well. And they know when a red flag uh, goes off in their head and they tell me. But yeah, it's the social emotional learning that Mm -hmm. is, it's removing all power from teachers. It's, you know, the victims are now the ones that are being punished. Like my daughter got punished because she stood up to a bully, but that bully doesn't ever care if she's an ISS or whatever it may be. So she did not get punished in any way. Yeah. And that's backwards. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a... There's a story a mom told me yesterday. Her, I kind of touched. Well, I don't. I don't think I told you, um, but there was. I don't know if the child was wanting to keep a transition into the other gender from the parents or what. But basically, the school held this conversation with the child here in town, removed the mom and dad who are still married and both parents of this child as their guardians and then um, to where they wouldn't get updates or things if a child missed a class and then when a child did miss a class because they were going to counseling or whatever, Mm -hmm. they were given a, oh, there was a field trip, but yet the parents never received. And so there's been 16 quote-unquote field trips 
and the parents have never received a permission wow. slip. <laughs> That's infuriating. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> I, filing. Yeah. She's pressing charges. Oh, for sure. That's infuriating, and it's not even my kid, you know? I know. Wow. The balls on this. Those mm -hmm. people. <laughs> And that's a big set of balls to just yeah. say, oh, as the yeah. principal uh, to, of this school. And it's uh, it's where one of our um, candidates is, was the uh, former principal. Yes. So, Central High School. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Yep. Um, why, why is it so important to you personally to be as bold when you're dealing with your with the school yeah well you know you can ask questions and you can play nice all day long and I will be respectful and mm -hmm. I will be nice but I will be unbelievably firm because nothing will get done and they will think they, they will shove you aside just just like that story the prince the mom had been reaching out to the principal for more than three days wow. at that point I wouldn't have even let it go beyond one yeah. <laughs> I'd be up in that building I think for so long people have been complacent and too trusting and there's no time or room for that anymore. Nope, there nope, isn't. Stephanie, thank you uh, for taking the time to sit down. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you. Hopefully, we can do this uh, again sometime soon. Yeah. When I die in the name of Therese, gonna go to the place that's the best. When I lay me down to die, going up to the Syrian sky. That's going to do it for today, folks. I want to thank Michael Hasty and Stephanie Sproul for giving up part of their day to sit down and talk with me. Parents, you are not alone. Let their experiences and their boldness serve as inspiration for you to speak up and get active. Head on over to be in our podcast on Facebook and let me know what you think about the episode. Then share the crap out of it. This is the New Resistance Podcast. My name is Seth. Till next time, stay focused, stay engaged, and never give in. See ya!